is up, everybody? I am amped because we got another episode of Rosen Balls. And it is time. You know, now we're in the clear second round. I'm taping this May 4th, a couple days before my birthday. I feel pretty good. You know, feel pretty, pretty good. As always, Rosen Balls is sponsored by SI Sportsbook. Bet $10, get $50 in free bets. No promo code necessary. You don't need a promo code. No brainer, guys. Bet 10, get 50 with SI Sportsbook available in Colorado, soon to be Virginia, and a few other states to come. Be on the lookout for those as well. America's Sportsbook. So, a lot of the series split, and I think there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines. So, first off, what's really great is. There's really not a clear-cut favorite, even in the second round, right? The Celtics uh, got punched in the mouth by the Bucks in Game 1. Really impressive win by Milwaukee. Milwaukee is baiting Boston to shoot threes. J.J. Reddit did a great job talking about this on, uh, on Get Up, or first take it all over, and he's absolutely right. The The Bucks have uh, incredible interior D. Uh, you can't get into the paint. You got Giannis there, Lopez. You got Portis. It's a bulky front court, uh, and and they really make it difficult for you to to get anything. Your best chance is really faking the three and driving, but they they don't really go for those fakes. They're like, go ahead, beat us. And it's not a bad it's not a bad strategy um, against Boston. It, 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 honestly, like I know that sounds crazy, but. Uh, you're going to – Boston, you know, depending on where Smart is or whatever, but Smart couldn't play uh, game two. So Smart comes back even. You know, I'll let him take threes. Tatum is not a standstill shooter, so it, it doesn't look great for him. And I think that's like a a, a, a game I'd play because you want – and it, look, for teams to get hot in three, it's got to be through a rhythm. So it's not like – if you shoot 53s, you're not going to eventually catch rhythm and get hot. It's actually more of like if you – if you put that as uh, you know, along with your appetite, right? Like if you're trying to get a kid to eat vegetables, you put on the plate next to other items, a steak. <laughs> you got a kid to eat a steak. That'd be great. But like, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, chicken or meat, right? Um, you know, some carb, potato, rice. And then you throw the vegetable in there on the side. You don't give him a plate full of vegetables. They'd be like, well, hopefully if he starts eating it, he'll get adjusted and used to it. That doesn't work. It's got to be through the rhythm of the game. That you want threes. You don't want uh, a crazy number. So, and then you get Boston off the free throw line where they do catch rhythm. That's where players can kill you is on the free throw line. Milwaukee knows this. They avoid this. They're very good at not fouling. Um, Giannis still a terrific defender, so they're going to have that difficulty. But it leads me to also say, like, look, not a clear cut. Not a clear cut. I, I would have thought the team that swept Brooklyn, who now is playing against a team without Chris Middleton, you know, is going to coast. Nope. Nope. Now Boston punched them back in game two, but still Milwaukee did the job. They split the, the road, which is what you got to do to get home court. That's one series. Next series in the East, Miami-Philly. That one's a little more decided because of Embiid, right? So unfortunately, and this is the problem with Embiid. You know, granted, I get he's an MVP and all that, but like it, you're dealing with like uh, this like you know potential catastrophe that could always occur with with him getting injured. I mean, he's just, it is what it is. He's ridiculously injury prone. And 
that's a problem. That's definitely um, that's definitely an issue. So I don't know what Philly's going to do with that, right? I don't. They don't have enough of, uh, honestly. And they they dealt. I think Maury dealt. You know, I think he got a good deal, right? I mean, Simmons would have given them nothing, so that's great. You're getting, you know, Curry would have given them something. The, the Seth Curry edition is big. They just need, they're just missing umph. Like, they just don't have enough quality pieces to put in the eight-man rotation to compete with Miami, okay? And you look, you can start naming names, like, what are you talking about? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So right off the bat, like, Harden is a shell of himself. He, he just is. He's not going to come back. It's not going to happen. You're not going to have the throwback Harden game, right? This isn't. This is a bigger deal. He needs to lose 40 pounds. Look, I'm a heavy set guy. I get it, right? But I'm not playing professional basketball. He he needs to get in shape. He needs an off season. You know, Gilbert Arenas needs to talk to him. Antoine Walker needs to talk to him. Be like, hey, hey, buddy, you can get out of this league real quick, real quick. A lot of super. This happens all the time. Superstars built this um, self-internal fallacy that, like, nothing's going to take them for that mantle at the top. There's a lot of professional athletes knocking on the door to get in the league. A lot. And if you have a liability in your game, which Harden does, which is defense, and you start slowing down, and you're not improving other facets to make up for your slowing down, so as an example, right, if you're, you know, like Jason Kidd was slowing down, so he started shooting a lot better. And it became a good standstill shooter. Let him last in the league a couple years longer. So if you're not approving another facet of your game to compensate for you slowing down, you can get out of the league real fast. Okay? You've seen it, especially with these scorer types. I've seen it with Gilbert Arenas, Allen Iverson, okay, Carmelo Anthony. I know he's making a resurgence, but not really. Okay? Russell Westbrook. I mean, you can get out of the game real fast. So Harden, who slowed down a lot, and that and that's that's self doing, right? Like, if he if he really put on, if he was like, hey, look, I want to last another five years in this league, I'm I'm going to make it worth. And and he really, you know, did a crazy summer where he worked out and all that. Then fine, but like, I think he got a little too, um, I don't use the word arrogant or what have you, but like, he he has to lose weight, so it's too late, right? So fine. And Maxi is cute. He's cute. He's not. You can't rely. That's not fair to Maxi, right? Maxi's a guy. I'd rather have Maxi be the insurance guy who's like, if Maxi gets hot, then watch out. Not be like, we need Maxi to do super well, right? To uh, to win. So just don't have enough. And Tobias Harris, unfortunately, like if you look throughout his career, he needs to be. And, like, he's playing better right now. He's got more usage. But he needs to be the second or third guy in a unit to be effective. He can't be the fourth guy. So, if I'm Doc, first of all, I'm actually just changing up the rotation a little bit. And they should have done this with a bead back. Like, and I keep saying this, not to go on multiple rants. One of the biggest fallacies of coaches is they need to start their five best players. It's so stupid. There's no other word for it. It's just dumb. Why? You don't have to start your five best players. Right? So, if they're smart. Oh, jeez. If they're smart, okay, they they bring Harris off the bench and, and I don't know, start Georgius Ning 
who could shoot, just stands a little shooter next to Embiid, and when Embiid comes back. They should have done this all along, by the way, right? And, like, look, I even am fine with bringing both Maxi and Harris off the bench and have this, like, great end of the second, first quarter. You know, you need to win those edges of those units. And now Harris feels good about himself. You know, there's going to be a lot of times when Embiid's off, he's in, and he's, he's getting touches, right? That's the way to do it. And then at the end, everyone in the game had a decent usage, and it's feeling great. I would have made sure that you have basically, you know, Harden and Embiid together as a unit and Maxi and Harris. The problem is the other guys. Like, you have to depend on Maz and Danny Green, you know, was ageless. But at a certain point, you know, uh, Father Time is undefeated. So I think, I don't know what Philly goes from here. I think they're toast. They're going to lose this in four or five. No question. So fine. That's the Miami-Philly series. Um, that's the East. So, you know, get Boston, Milwaukee, still for grabs. So the only team that's really out of it, I would say, is uh, is Philly because of injuries. But seven out of eight are still in, right? You look at the West, I think all, all of those guys are, um, are in the mix. Every single one of them, okay? Um, you know, in the West, I, I think Memphis, they just have to... Uh, they're going to learn on the fly, I guess. But, like, that team's pretty talented. And um, there's experience there, but, like... Again, there's a nice little, you know, does the torch pass yet or not? I still like Golden State, but Memphis could still be interesting in that series. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to step up bigger uh, and be a factor because he got to beat Golden State with size. Um, and then, so that series to me is a toss-up. And then Phoenix, I think, is the most overrated team left in the NBA. I, I do. I would not make them their favorites right now according to the books. So if I was a betting man... And I know it's going to sound homerism. I put money on Boston. I like them. I still sprinkle some money on Memphis. They went down in odds because they lost. They could beat them. And the West is wide open. Okay. I understand they had a, a fight with Minnesota. But that might have helped them. Now they're getting, they're getting experience as they fly. You know, I don't know. I, I think Memphis, there's, there's a route there. And if the odds are more than 10 to 1, I like that. I hate Phoenix. Hate's a strong word. I get it. There's too many injury. Too, there's too prone to injury. Between Aiton, Booker, and Paul, the odds of all three being healthy for the run, rare. And even if they are, I don't think that's a slam dunk in any of the West series. Okay? It's not a slam dunk they beat Dallas. It is not a slam dunk. Right? Dallas played them well. That series is up. I also like Dallas uh, in terms of betting. Right? Because, again, Luka's got a chance to be the best player left in the playoffs, he, he can. Um, and I think they, uh, you know, again, it's a possibility for them to jump out west. So, as a betting man, it's really, um, Boston to me, probably, you know, with the split and stuff, I, I think they're going to overcome it and they'll win. They're the best team. Right? I, I don't, th- I think Boston, well, I think either one's going to be, I don't trust Miami. I think either one's going to beat Miami. I think Boston's got a revenge play against them. Milwaukee's got too much talent on them, too much offensive power. So I don't like Miami. I don't like Phoenix. I get it. They were there before, blah, 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 blah. Don't like them. Um, I don't like to bet Milwaukee either because I think they're going to be inflated 
and Middleton still needs to be there. So I, the only Eastern team I would bet on is Boston. And the West, you could dabble a little bit in the other teams outside of, of uh, Phoenix because the money's too hot. I mean, the, the spread's too good. So that's, I'll be back next. I want to talk about now some of the teams that, you know, are up and coming and they're going the other way. So I already like what I saw from the rumors. I want to talk about Minnesota a little bit. So Minnesota, um, rumor has it, is going to put Russell on the block. Finally. He's got a big expiring contract. Now, I don't think his value is great. But if you could dangle an expiring in your pick, you get pieces that fit. And one of the deals I like is with Detroit. I think Jerry and Grant, or Jeremy Grant, rather. I don't forget which Grant it is. Um, and Kelly Olynyk for Russell and their pick, their 19th pick or whatever, is a slam dunk for both teams. For, for Minnesota, I don't think they're not going to need to re-sign Nas. Um, and then you throw Olynyk, who's actually a good backup for them. They probably want to bring back some other veteran pieces that make sense. But the lineup of uh, Patrick Beverly, move Anthony Edwards down to the two, where he's going to be a really strong two and really build him up, give him higher usage, let him be a stud. Grant, Vanderbilt, and Towns, that's a great team. You have a lot of guards in your backcourt. You have McLaughlin coming off uh, the bench. You know, Novel, uh, Noel, Jaron Noel, and a, and, uh, and a few other guards, right? Very, very guard-heavy. That, to me, is the right play. They're probably going to want to re-sign Terry and Prince. Okay. And, by the way, if they take Grant, they don't need to. So, that, that opens that up. Um. But, yeah, I, I think that puts them in a good spot. That's going to help elevate them. It's going to help elevate Edwards. That's a good move. It's a good move for both teams. Um, I'm curious I'm curious what they do. The, the other team, you know, so looking at just the teams that got eliminated, what they're going to do uh, in the West. So, yeah, that's Minnesota. Um, Utah. Look, Danny Ainge has made it clear they're going to go through changes. Mitchell's gone, in my opinion. I think they're going to either try to get, you know, some combination of, of I think, hero and, and assets for Miami. Um, I could see something with the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, uh, which I think is what he wants to do. I think Ainge wants to go through a rebuild there. I think this was reminiscent of Boston in 05. They, when Boston got uh, swept by New Jersey in round two, yeah, they were New Jersey at the time. Uh, he moved Antoine Walker to Dallas, got some assets. He was flirting around with moving Pierce. He tried to move Pierce the next few years uh, to Portland for, for Chris Paul on draft day. Um, so in this case, I think he's going to definitely move Mitchell because he's going to get value there. Gobert, he's going to sniff around. If I'm him, I think the Gobert move is Rashawn Holmes and Sacramento's first-round pick, especially if it falls in the top five. Right. Um, if I'm Sacramento, I'm like, well, hold on a second. I thought Sabotas would be my five. But if I'm also Sacramento, I might get fired if I'm the GM. Right. Uh, so there's that. We shouldn't sneeze at that. He could he could get fired. So, and that's probably the only move. I'm not doing a Chicago Vucevic and crap. No, give me a break. Doing none of that. I'm not getting Westbrook's two picks. Right. Um... None of that. So, yeah. 
So yeah, so those are the um, those are the moves for Utah. Uh, but yeah, I'm predicting. And again, it could be a rando, you know, team out there, but um, they're going to find something for Mitchell. I, I really do. I, I think at worst it, it's Hero and, and Pieces. And the reason why I like Hero, and I hate to say this, Danny Ainge, um, if there's a guy that reminds him of himself, a lot of players, like Isaiah Thomas when he got Marbury, reminds you of them. They tend to actually trade for guys that remind them of themselves. It's, it's really weird. Uh, so I, I can see Hero having that angle a little bit uh, with Ainge. Now, the question is what other pieces are getting in the deal, right? Um, look, teams always have picks and all that. Utah needs to build a war chest. Um, they have the worst assets in the NBA. Terms are just like people on rookie contracts or future deals. So that's on the, those are the teams that get eliminated on the, on the, uh, the West. Um, you know, that, that matter. Let's say Utah and, uh, and Minnesota. Um, the other ones will be fine, right? Like the, the teams that even make it, whatever, like the LA teams, they've been, you know, analyzed to death. The Clippers, I think they're just going to wait for Kawhi to get healthy. Um, so I don't think there's anything huge there on the East. It pays for Brooklyn to, Brooklyn's got to wait for Simmons. He's got no value right now. That is a big fat question mark. I would have said like, look, Sacramento would have rolled the dice. Let's say at Holmes and Barnes. You're getting two nice vet pieces for, for Simmons. But right now, if the guy's not willing to play and all this stuff, I wouldn't even do that. So if I'm Brooklyn, I'm telling Simmons, I'm like, look, whether you want to stay here or not, I don't even care. We're happy to, you know, um, give you a trade that you want, but you got to show that you can play, right? And you got to show that you can play preseason. And um, and until he does that, I. Um, I don't see, you know, what, what he can do. So, I think Brooklyn's in a lot of trouble uh, back east. Um, Chicago, who got eliminated. This is the interesting one. I think there's a crazy deal out there. Chicago's already been a wild team, in my opinion. They're already, they keep doubling down, they keep doubling down. And the one deal that I see out there that's actually interesting for both teams that they might as well just, like, call Palinka and be like, I know it sounds crazy, but let's be crazy together. Um, to me, is... Oh, damn it. Um, Vucevic and... Levine or, you know, some form of that. Um, Vooch and Levine for um, uh, for Anthony Davis. And if you want DeRozan, I'll do it. I'll do it. If I'm the Bulls, I, he's from Chicago. Davis from Chicago. So, I, you got for both teams, they're like, fuck it. You know, Vucevic is going to be healthy. If you're the Lakers, Vucevic is going to be healthy. He can play off the ball. And DeRozan's healthy. Okay? And, like, and DeRozan's from L.A. You want Levine? All right, it's a little rich, but fine. Honestly, I'll do it. I would do it for both teams. For the Bulls, you know, you you keep one of your wings. So I'll tell you it's Levine. You have Lonzo Ball. 
And now you, you look, what are the, you hope Davis is healthy for a playoff series. That's it. Anyway, that's my take. A lot of craziness going on right now, but uh, we'll see how things end up. As always, subscribe so you can get a pod right in your pocket. All right, fellas, let's see what happens for the rest of the playoffs.